It's Sunday, March 31st. I'm Mercedes Stevenson, and you're listening to the West Block Podcast. Here's what's making headlines this week. We need to intensify our engagement with China in order to resolve this quickly. It's a critically important market for Western Canada. The existence of these tariffs for many Canadians raises some serious questions about NAFTA ratification. Both former ministers should be able to speak freely about their involvement in the SNC-Lavalin affair. The Liberals are more interested in protecting the Prime Minister than finding the truth. Do I think that Prime Minister Trudeau is best suited to do the job? Do I think that the Liberal government is best suited to do the job? Without question. People in Rossi Narrows are suffering from mercury poisoning. Last night I lacked respect towards them and I apologize for that. Former Attorney General Jody Wilson-Raybould submitted new evidence to the Justice Committee last week. The evidence included voice recordings, emails, texts, and a written statement. The Liberal-dominated committee voted earlier this month to shut down their probe of alleged political interference with the SNC-Lavalin affair. So will they reconsider that in light of the new evidence? First, let's take a listen to some of the new evidence. Because I think he feels the government has to have done everything it can before we lose 9,000 jobs in a signature Canadian firm. Right. So, um, I'm again, I'm, I'm confident in where I've, I'm at and my views on SNC and the, the DPA haven't changed. This is um, a constitutional principle of prosecutorial independence that... Michael, I have to say, including this conversation, previous conversations that I've had with the Prime Minister and many other people around it, it's entirely inappropriate and it is political interference. Joining me now from Edmonton is Liberal MP Randy Boissonneau, who is a member of the Justice Committee. Welcome to the show, Randy. Thanks very much. So, Randy, you've had a chance to listen to the audio recording and the evidence, and in it you hear the Prime Minister mentioned numerous times by the clerk, Michael Wernick. He makes it very clear that he is acting on behalf of the Prime Minister and that the Prime Minister wants this. Do you think the Prime Minister should appear before the committee to answer some of these questions about whether or not he was involved and whether what Mr. Wernick is saying accurately represented his position? Well, I think what we heard, certainly what I heard in the, in the tape and in the testimony yesterday was uh, essentially a confirmation of what we already knew. Uh, the Prime Minister has been very clear that uh, there was an erosion of trust here. Uh, really good working relationships uh, broke down. Um, but even in yesterday's you know, submission to the Justice Committee, um, what's clear is that Nothing illegal took place. There was no nothing unlawful. Miss Wilson Raybould states that again uh, in uh, in the testimony. It's also clear that she wasn't directed to have SNC Lavalin go from uh, trial to uh, a remediation agreement. It's also clear, and you know, after ten uh, witnesses, thirteen hours of testimony, six hundred questions, what do we know? We know that SNC Lavalin is going to go to trial. We know that uh, Anne McClellan is going to take a look and see whether Attorney General and Minister of Justice roles should be in the same person or not. And the Ethics Commissioner uh, will continue uh, his uh, investigation into the matter. So for me, it was a confirmation of things that we already knew. But you hear the clerk say in it that he's just come from talking to the Prime Minister, that he's in a mood about this, that he has certain expectations about what he wants to happen, and that he's worried. He's worried about a collision, about loggerheads, that this isn't good. He's worried about the consequences. Uh, and he then says that he's going to go and report back to the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister's office says he never talked to them about that. 
Why would the clerk say he was going to report that to the prime minister if he didn't? You know, th that is a question. Um, it's an open question. And um, the prime minister's statement was very clear yesterday that the conversation between uh, the clerk and the former attorney general uh, wasn't uh, communicated to uh, the prime minister or the team. And so that's, uh, that's an important uh, that's an important fact. It's an important element in this. And I think it's also important, like, I was at the committee. You mentioned that I'm, I'm on the Justice Committee, and I was sitting at the committee when Mr. Warnock very clearly said, look, it's not good to have uh, an attorney general and a, and a prime minister at loggerheads. And I think the prime minister has been clear, and we've heard other witnesses say, look, we were talking about uh, jobs. We're talking about a potential head office leaving. I know that if this were uh, an Alberta company, if this was a, an oil and gas company, you can certainly bet that people would be, uh, you know, defending uh, the company, trying to look at the any but particular... But that did happen in Alberta, what? and there was 100,000 jobs lost. Well, there's also four and a half billion dollars put on the table to be able to uh, make sure that the Trans Mountain pipeline t goes forward in the right way. So when you add that to 1.6 billion dollars in uh, in financing that we've put on the table for companies to to get through the downturn, uh, we are working uh, daily with uh, government with businesses here in Alberta. I think what's important is that it's also the first time that the remediation um, legislation was was being considered to be used. And so those intense conversations that took place between colleagues were really important. But she's saying it's important it, she's saying in it that this is this is constitutionally a no go, that this would actually violate a principle in the constitution of prosecutorial independence. Between that question and the question that you just said yourself remains open, what happened with why the Prime Minister wasn't told, why not just reopen this in the committee and ask these questions and get some answers? Well, the conversation I think is, 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 very, is very interesting and I, look, let's set aside the ethics about taping the clerk of the Privy Council secretly and, and not, letting, not letting the clerk know that you're doing that. Put that aside. What's clear is that she said, look, I know there's nothing lawful here. Even the clerk kept saying the Prime Minister wants to make sure that we're doing everything uh, within the law. These are the kinds of conversations that take place when you're trying to make sure that you respect the rule of law and that you're heading down the path of a public policy consideration that can have an impact not just on not just on jobs. But she keeps saying that she's uncomfortable, Randy. She keeps saying I'm uncomfortable. This is inappropriate. I've told you I'm not going to do this, and it keeps going. Well, we have uncomfortable conversations on Parliament Hill uh, all the time. Our jobs are pressure. Uh, certainly, ministers face more pressure. And I think what's interesting is that it's clear in the in what was released by the Justice Committee yesterday is that the Section 13 notice that Miss Wilson Raybolt received, she took the Section 13 notice. She said, "Okay, that's enough for me." But then it, it didn't. The communication didn't happen. She didn't set up a meeting with the Prime Minister and say, "Look." I'm done. I don't want any more comments on this. I, this needs to go to trial and, and essentially case closed from her perspective. That's where this erosion of trust and the relationships breaking down uh, are, are lamentable. But he and, seems to be clearly speaking for that. the Prime Minister. And he keeps saying that he's speaking for the Prime Minister. Uh, just to, to go to one last question, because we're almost out of sure. time. Sure. Big questions about whether or not Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott can stay in caucus, especially after this recording. And I know that's something you're going to be talking about this week. Which way will you vote, if there's a vote, Randy, on whether or not Jane Philpott and Jody Wilson-Raybould should be allowed to stay in the Liberal caucus? Well, look, I ran as a, as a Liberal here in Edmonton Centre to uh, make the lives of Canadians and Edmontonians better. And that's certainly what uh, we are 
continuing to work on as members of the of the Liberal government. It's it's going to come down to a decision uh, to both Miss Wilson-Raybould and Miss uh, Philpot in terms of you know their future in the caucus. I can tell you the values that I stand for. But would you vote I for mean, them to stay in poverty? It's a conversation that uh, is uh, a caucus conversation. You know that those conversations are confidential, but okay. at the end of the day, it's a decision for both Ms. Philpott and Ms. Wilson-Raybould to make. Well, certainly, I'm sure we'll all be keeping an eye on that this week. Randy, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Lots to unpack with the latest submissions to the Justice Committee, that stunning audio, plus the latest showdown with China, now over canola. Joining me to discuss that now is Bob Fife, who is the Bureau Chief at the Globe and Mail here in Ottawa, and our own Chief Political Correspondent, David Aiken. So, Bob, we heard this audio. It backed up much of what Jody Wilson-Raybould had said. How damaging is the tape to the Liberals in the SNC-Lavalin affair? It's damaging to the Prime Minister, because it's the Prime Minister who was the one who was threatening her. The clerk is very clear saying, he's in that kind of a mood. You don't want to get him upset. He wants this thing done. I've got, I've just talked to him. He wants this thing done. He wants a deferred prosecution. He wants a special deal for SNC-Lavalin. And uh, when she says, I, I don't want to do this because it's, it's, you're putting, you're in dangerous ground here for the prime minister because it is political interference in a criminal prosecution. And she, sa she says, uh, he says, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to go and tell him this, that you don't want to go along with this. And she says, well, I guess I, I know when he doesn't like stuff, I guess, basically, she says, I guess my future is on the line. And guess what? Her future was on the line because a few weeks later, she was dumped as attorney general. So the onus is not on the Liberal Party or on, on anybody else but the prime minister. He was the one who wanted this so badly. He was willing to push his attorney general right near the over the edge perhaps of what they uh, of what you should properly do and try to get a, a special deal for snc lavalin and yet we heard randy boissonneau the liberal mp from edmonton on the show earlier basically activists there was nothing to see here saying <laughs> and oh, that's what I the pmo was... statement says oh, we've all oh. the facts now thank you very much nothing to see we look forward to moving forward right like is he actually said uh, oh, i listened to that and we all knew all of this already uh, and uh, uh, and it, I, it's, it's important to note that the liberal spin line too now includes lines like as she said, nothing illegal happened here. I mean, that's the best they're trying to get out of this, is saying nothing illegal happened. Well, you it know, that bad, is now quite debatable. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's the bar now. That's quite debatable whether something illegal happened. Well, and more, more to the point, last night, or sorry, Friday night, the, pri the Prime Minister throws the clerk of the Privy Council under the bus. He, he says, never told me. He said, oh, he didn't brief me on that conversation mm -hmm. that he had with Jody Wilson-Raybo. And so we need, needless to say, we go back to the clerk's office and say, did you or didn't you? He will have no further comment on this. And now, as, as we think again, when we were talking of this, our colleague Michael Couture reported on this on Friday, where's David Lametti and the current Justice Minister, the current Attorney General? I asked David Lametti on Friday night, I asked his press person, what is the decision here? What mm -hmm. is the deal with the DPA? And all they would say is one has not been issued. They wouldn't comment on whether or not there's been a decision because in that letter she says, if there was a decision to go ahead with the DPA, I would resign. I resigned. And, and can, can is we just, there one? And let's just go back to the original story. When it was first published on February the 7th, the Prime Minister, knowing what we know now, he was up to his neck in this sort of thing, comes out and says those allegations are completely false. And the, Mr. Lametti says, yes, they're false. And you asked him or somebody asked him, well, how do you know that? And he said, well, the Prime Minister told me. Well, the Prime Minister hasn't been telling the truth. Michael Wernick at committee. 
What did he say? That Globe and Mail article that Bob Fife wrote was defamatory, that we should sue. There's nothing in it. It's a pack of lies. Actually, Mr. Warnick, we've now got you on tape. It wasn't a pack of lies at all. It was exactly as uh, was reported and exactly what Jody Wilson-Raybould testified. So, you know, this is the thing. We have seen polls that in this right now, Canadians are paying attention. That's the first thing. They do understand this. Uh, Trudeau's numbers are taking a terrible hit, and so are the Liberal parties. And if it's a he said, she said, Canadians are pretty much sticking with she said. Well, so, she's got the tape. And, you know, the Liberals are now mounting uh, an effort... Uh, as well as using friendly media to say, well, this was just unacceptable for her. How could an attorney general tape a conversation? I think we've all been in a situation, or we know people have been in a situation, where their boss was trying to get rid of them or was trying to get them to do something that they knew was ethically and morally wrong. And those kind of situations, you tape. And that's what she did. She taped. And now there'll be questions for Justin Trudeau. But another question for Justin Trudeau is what he's going to do on the latest trade dispute. That's China, canola. We're talking about billions and billions of dollars, thousands of jobs. We spoke with Jim Carr, uh, who's the minister in charge of trade and diversification. Take a listen to what he had to say about China's allegations that our canola is somehow contaminated. We believe that the canola uh, that we have sent to China is the highest quality in the world. The CFIA has inspected twice and found no impurities. We are asking the Chinese officials to show us if there are any impurities and we'll work through. The government finds itself, Bob, in the middle of two trade disputes, one over USMCA and the tariffs and canola. Um, this is a lot of money on the table. How serious is the situation economically for the government? Well, this, this is devastating to canola farmers. I mean, we're talking billions and billions of dollars. This is, in many of their cases, their only client. Unfortunately, there's not very much the government can do because China is playing rough. They want the Huawei executive released. We can't release them because we have an extradition deal with the United States. And of course, the Prime Minister says, you know, the rule of law is paramount here. So we are, um, I don't see an easy route out of this. We're going to have to, I, I do think the, the Foreign Affairs Minister should go to China, try to see if she can resolve this, even if it we comes, comes back with a tail between her legs. But we have to make that kind of effort so farmers know we're really trying. We do have an election underway right now in Alberta. And the federal government is one of the bogeymen in that election. Like a lot of provincial elections, you want to beat up the feds. But Jason Kenney, the leader of the United Conservative Party, the leader in the polls, you know, this has come up. This is one more example why you need a strong Alberta government to stand up to Ottawa, even though I think it is unfair to say to blame the Trudeau government. There's nothing necessarily they did wrong here. It's the Chinese government overreacting. They are the bad guys here. But it's just one more example of how, for better or for worse, in you know election four right now in Alberta, the federal government and Justin Trudeau's brand is getting beat around the, the, the ears. Now, looking south of the border, we had Christian Freeland in D.C. promising mm -hmm. uh, tougher talk on USMCA if those aluminum and steel tariffs don't come off. The steel producers are saying, we're about to shut down factories, we're about to lose jobs. Is Donald Trump listening? Well, clearly he isn't listening and looks like our only way out of this, aside from lobbying in Congress and U.S. Um, uh, state governors, is that we're not going to sign the, 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 NAFTA, the new NAFTA deal until uh, we get those uh, tariffs lifted. But as far as uh, Trump is concerned, he's had every opportunity to do so. This is dragged on, and he's not going to do that. And we probably can't even rely on him to help us 
get the Chinese to uh, uh, to allow our canola back into, into the market because he, Trump will always say, hey, we'll just sell that. Our American farmers okay. can sell to them. We have to wrap there. Thank you very much to both of you for joining us today on the show. The Prime Minister issued an apology last week after this video became public. The protester in the video was drawing attention to the plight of Grassy Narrows First Nation, which has suffered mercury poisoning for decades and is still waiting for a promised treatment center. The comments the Prime Minister made in that video drew condemnation from many Indigenous communities and criticism that the government is not doing enough on the reconciliation file. Joining me now to discuss this from Vancouver is Grand Chief Stuart Phillip. Grand Chief, you had a chance to see that video. What did you make of it? Well, it was uh, deeply disappointing to know and understand that this late date in the game that the uh, vision and the promises of Justin Trudeau that were announced in October of 2015 have not come to pass. All of the promises and the commitments that he made have uh, simply been set aside. And now that he's under tremendous pressure from the Jody Wilson-Raybould SNC-Lavalin issue, uh, Mr. Trudeau is um, really revealing himself to be who he really is, which is a very self-centered, conceited, arrogant individual. And I think that was uh, demonstrated with his very smug, uh, mean-spirited response to the uh, Grassy Narrows demonstrator. That situation is incredibly tragic. Many, many people have died. Many people are are handicapped and living with the legacy of mercury poisoning, poisoning and and uh, you know he's. Uh, uh, such an arrogant individual. It's, it's very disturbing and very disappointing. The Prime Minister did apologize for his tone and what he said in that video. I, I take it that uh, that apology doesn't mean much to you? No. Uh, you know, I think at this late stage in the game, again, uh, we're used to uh, uh, Justin Trudeau's uh, apologies and alligator tears. Uh, it's not about apologies, it's about getting it right. How would you describe the relationship between the government and Indigenous communities under the Trudeau government compared to previous governments? Well, I think we started off with a great uh, sense of hope and anticipation that the Trudeau government was uh, going to fully embrace the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. and. The TRC uh, calls to action were going to be fully implemented, that there was going to be uh, seismic uh, change with respect to our jurisdictional issues and, and uh, the other uh, issues around energy in this country. And as time has moved forward, all of those uh, promises have uh, been simply uh, swept aside and um, have not come to pass. And here we are, uh, six months out from the next federal election, and, and uh, we're faced with uh, the Trudeau government uh, totally unraveling, uh, coming apart at the seams, and uh, without question, the sun is setting on Justin Trudeau. Do you think it's that the government isn't committed to reconciliation or that it's simply much more difficult than they were anticipating and it's taking more time and more effort to solve what are some very complex problems? 
Well, quite honestly, I think that um, the uh, clip that we witnessed, uh, the most disturbing part of that clip, aside from the smugness and the mean-spirited remark on the part of the Prime Minister, was the spontaneous applause from the, the Liberal Party members who were attending, which to me is a reflection on the heart and soul of the Liberal Party, which for many, many uh, decades has had this arrogant sense of entitlement that uh, they are uh, a national party that is so accustomed to, to forming government. And I think that's the central issue here. The Prime Minister Trudeau paid a lot of lip service to, you know, to this uh, historic changes, but I don't think the party itself was, um, you know, that much uh, in support of um, those uh, visionary statements made by Prime Minister Trudeau in the early days of his uh, tenure. Grand Chief, there are some who say, you know, you are a British Columbia chief. You're very close to Jody Wilson-Raybould and her family. Uh, are you upset because of what happened there, or is it also about the government not meeting the promises that you feel they put out there? It's both. But uh, believe me, uh, British Columbians, um, the Indigenous community in British Columbia uh, were so proud when Jody Wilson-Raybould was appointed uh, as Justice Minister. Uh, we have had the privilege and the honour of working with her, and we know her to be deeply committed, very conscientious, and an absolute workhorse. And uh, she's very meticulous in terms of preparation and, and keeping records of meetings and so on and so forth. And we knew immediately that um, the efforts to smear Jody Wilson-Raybould were politically motivated. And uh, needless to say, we were deeply anchored by how terribly she was treated as an Indigenous woman. Uh, when the Prime Minister said there was nothing more dear to him than relationships uh, with Indigenous peoples and um, in, in a very misleading way has always held himself out as a feminist. Well, Grand Chief, we do have to wrap it up there. Thank you very much for your time and for joining us today. Thank you. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Mercedes Stevenson for The West Block. For more, please go to our website, thewestblock.ca. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.